Let's go to the book of Luke, the ninth chapter. We're going to be dealing with verses 27 through 35. Luke, the ninth chapter. Verses 27 through 35. Amen? And if I was to uh, look for a title of this message today and lift it up off the pages... I would say that this would, title of this message would be entitled, Into the Womb of Eternity. Into the Womb of Eternity. You know, in this day and age, we don't hear too much about eternity from the preachers. Everything else. We hear about how you're going to get your stuff. We hear about how God is going to bless you with this and how God is going to bless you with that. We hear about how God is going to give us that right mate that we're looking for. We're constantly, some of us are preaching on what we call relationship therapy. We preach on everything except what the gospel of Jesus Christ is really all about. And that is eternal life. Would you all agree with that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I find it that The church is in a very difficult situation because this morning all over the place they are celebrating a pagan holiday that they have no knowledge of but it's been passed down through the religious sect and they haven't studied, they don't have no understanding on what it is that they're doing and they think it's right. But getting back to the word itself, here at House of Destiny, we give you a revelatory word from God. So I would advise you to lay your religion down this morning, if you can, and pick up the spirit of the living God, and let's go into the deep recesses of God, and let's find out what God is saying to us. Into the womb of eternity. Now, I'm going to set the stage on this, and what's going to happen is, is that at the end, it's going to come the deepest parts of what it is that God is trying to teach you today, or teach all of us today. Well, he's already given it to me, so so I'm a little bit ahead of the game, but I'm going to pass it on to you, so that you can catch up to the game of what God is trying to say. I want you to look at verse 27 in Luke uh, 9, verse 27, they say, But I tell you a truth. I don't tell you a lie now. It says, But I tell you a truth. There be some standing here. Would you stand up, please, those that can. Those that can stand up, would you just stand up for a minute? Just for a minute. The Bible says, I tell you a truth. There be some standing here, standing here, which shall not taste of death till they see what? Say it again. Till they see what? Say it one more time. Till they see what? You may be seated. Our God is an awesome God. Truly you. The Bible says here that there's going to be some of us standing here that's not going to see death. 
until we see the kingdom of God. Hmm. Well, let's backtrack. Where is the kingdom of God? Amen. That's Bible, right? Luke 17, 21 says that the kingdom of God is within, right? Hmm. Now, watch what Jesus is saying here. He says, but I'm going to tell you the truth about this thing, that some of us standing here shall not taste of death until we do what? Remember that word, see, the kingdom of God. In other words, some of us ain't going to die until we really see and understand what it is inside of us. Now, the kingdom of God is God's foundational power that's inside of us. See, there's a power inside of you. And the world has kept you from seeing it. And God say, some of us, before we die, we're going to see this thing for what it really is. Watch this word now in John 3.3. Go to John 3.3. See? See, you can't see it unless certain things happen. When you get there, say amen. You just stay down here and teach to you a little bit. Are you there? What does John 3.3 say? Unless a man is what? I thought y'all was there. I can't hear you. Unless a what? Thank you. Somebody somebody read where I can understand what we can hear. Say. He cannot what? Did you see that word see? So what Jesus is saying here in Luke, some of us ain't going to die until we truly get saved. Because unless a man is born again, he can't see the kingdom of God. And Jesus says here that some of us ain't going to die until we truly get saved. And we ain't going to see the kingdom until we truly get saved. In other words, a lot of us go to church all of our life and we never enter in to the kingdom of God. We know all the church rhetoric. We know how to roll on the floor. We know how to hoop. We know how to holler. We know how to do it all. We know how to hit the organ and the preacher go to pray, preaching and hollering and slobbing all over the set. But we go all our life round and round. You know, if a dog chases tail, he'll get dizzy. Round and around and around and around they go. But they never understand about the kingdom of God. And that's all Jesus ever taught them was the kingdom. Aren't you glad you hear this one? If you're not, you will be before you leave today because God got a word for you. He's got a word for you. He's got a word for you. The Bible says now you ain't going to see this thing until you get saved. But something happens after you get saved. Something happens after you get saved. Look at verse 28. And it came to pass. John 9 verse 28. Over there. Luke 9. Excuse me. Luke 9. Thank y'all. Are you there? See that's, that's what's so good about interaction. You see. See, you gotta, you got to be willing to interact. See, if you pull on me, then I'll preach to you better. But if you don't pull on me, then you got to pull on me. And it came to pass about 
And eight days after the saying, after what saying? Verse 27. After, after we're born again, something takes place. He said, and it came to pass about an eight days after these sins that he took three people with him, Peter and John and James, and went where? Up into a mountain to do what? And that word pray, that means to worship God. About eight days afterwards. We know eight is a new beginning, right? We know the word day means something required of you. So you see, when we get saved, God requires something of salvation in our behalf. I said, when we get saved, God requires something from salvation in our behalf. It requires a new beginning, the number eight. The number eight is a new beginning. See, a new beginning is required in you when you get saved. Don't a change take place? Huh? Things begin to change, don't it? If you truly saved. I say if you truly saved. Now, if you just come into church, now that's different. But I'm talking about salvation. That's what I'm talking about. Takes three with me. Peter, John, and James. See, when you get saved, you got to go to another level. Like he took him to a mountain, didn't he? That means you up higher now, right? You should see better, right? Huh? Unless a man is born again, he can't see. He can't, but, but once he's born again now, he can see something. He can see something. So you got to go up high if you want. And the higher you go, the more you see, right? Okay. Now, but salvation, when the power of God saves us and begins to take us into that place where the anointing is, then guess what happened? That thing takes three things with it. Salvation brings three things with it to give to us as we go up. It gives Peter, which is the hearing of the word of God, the rock. See, you, you know, in order to go up, you got to hear God's word, right? Huh? In order to go higher, you got to go further than tell your neighbor and look at your neighbor. You know, so salvation takes something with it. You see, it takes the hearing of the word of God. See, when you say it, you begin to hear God's word. It takes John, which is the receiving of the grace of God. See, when you say you receive God's grace. Are y'all following me up in here? Because I'm talking spirit up in here. See, you got to think up in here. You see, you got to think. Because this is a word, church. We think up in here. You know what I'm saying? Because we got to get to that kingdom that's inside of us. One more thing it takes with, with it. It takes James. James is the will of God. See, we got to turn our will over to God's will. So when you say and you're going higher in God, so it's required that a new beginning comes into your life. See, you can't stay the same. So you got to hear God's word, Peter. You've got to receive God's grace, John. And you've got to release your will into the will of God, James. Before you can go into that high mountain. See, you just can't prance up in there on your own. Huh? Amen. Y'all follow me now? Y'all following the word, ain't you? See, this is the word being uncovered. See, we uncover the word here in the Revelation. You see, this thing going to get deep now. Now watch this. And as he prayed, verse 29, over there. 
his fashion or the fashion of his countenance ooh, was altered and his raiment was white and glistening. Something began to change. He became altered into the womb of eternity. See, see, now you begin to see God differently. You begin to see him as he really is. You see? Because you're with him now. So the higher, this is why, you see church, you got to understand what I'm saying up in here and what the Holy Spirit is trying to tell you. This is why it's so important to be under a revelatory knowledge teaching church so that you can begin to enter in into that altered state that Jesus Christ entered into. And the more you know about God, the more revelations you see from God, the more you can become like him. And he can take you on that mountain with him. But something takes place while we going through all that. I'm not going to be with you that long. God terror. Verse 30 says that, And behold, there talked with him two men, which were Moses and Elijah. Hmm. Now they, they in a conversation here. Now, Moses represents the lawgiver and the deliverer. And here Jesus is, he's talking to the lawgiver and to the deliverer, Moses. But he's also talking to Elijah. Elijah means Jehovah is God. So he's also talking to God. Right there, Jesus is. He's talking, see, he's in a covenant. Two is a covenant. He's in covenant, you know. He's talking. See, see, if I'm talking to you, I'm in covenant with you. You see? So he's in covenant. And where he say two or three are gathered in my name, I'm in the midst. And there's three of them there. There's three of them there. And they're in the midst of a conversation here. See, how many of y'all know that when you go high in God, God will start talking to you? See, you won't have to, I say straight up. You won't have to wait for the preacher you start getting a word for yourself. That's why we try to tell y'all to get the, the, the CDs. They're free. And go home and take your time and hear what God is saying. But we're lazy. Christians are lazy. They get the CDs, which we pay for, and they lay them on the side. Don't even use them. They just get them. Somebody's guilty. Because I saw them smile. But this ain't a guilt trip. This is just the truth. And the truth, once you do it, it'll set you free once you do it. We're talking about change here. Say so he was talking to two men, verse 31, who appeared where? In glory, which is in majesty. And they spake and spake of his decease, which should accomplish at Jerusalem. Well, they started talking about some things here. Philippians 3.10 says, tells us that, oh, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection. See, see, he was talking to them about his decease and the power that was going to come behind it. Was he deceased because he's going to be raised up? You see, they had a conversation. But here's the problem. 
1 John 1, 3 tells us, I'm going to go there for a minute. Y'all don't have to go there, but 1 John 1, 3, it says, That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son and with his Son, Jesus Christ. You see, what's happening here is God took Peter, John, Jesus took Peter, John, and James with him. He entered into a conversation with God, with Moses and Elijah, which represents God and his law. He entered into a conversation with them, and they was in fellowship. And he took them along so that they too could be right here where John says, and we, that which we have seen and heard, we declare unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us. See, Jesus took them along so that they could have fellowship. Fellowship with God and all those that know God, you see. Now, I'm sorry if some came for Easter pagan holiday message. We don't preach that here. We preach gospel here. You know, when you, I want you to hear what God is saying. L listen to me. When you start eating steak and you're used to eating bologna, you got to get used to eating steak. Do you understand what I'm saying? It takes a minute because you want to go back to bologna because you're comfortable with it. You understand, huh? You understand what bologna is, but you don't understand what prime rib is. I give my girl some prime rib. She said, I don't like it. I said, you got to get used to it. Man. You understand steak, but you don't understand prime rib. Why do you think they call it prime? So, so you see, we have to learn how to step up. And each area that we step up in brings us closer and closer to God and the riches of God. You understand what I'm saying? But it takes an acquired taste. You, if you don't never give yourself a long enough chance here at House of Destiny to heal and get into the acquired taste of God here, then you'll go back to baloney. You will. Yes, you will too. I'm just, I, I'm a, I got to speak the truth. I'm going to tell the truth up in here. I'm going to speak the truth up in here because that's what we're doing. See, we're hurting ourselves. We're wasting a whole bunch of time. And let me tell you something, church. This ain't no time to be fooling around. Because like they shooting Christians all over the place now. And I told y'all before and it came true and I'm going to tell you again. It's going to be playing in a theater near you very soon. Very soon. You'll see. Wait till they change presidents. And then you'll see, you'll wish that you had him back. Just wait. Wait. Because the mother folk, all they know is war. And when you go in at other people and their cultures and stuff, let me tell you something. They are going to fight you back. Leave people alone. If folk over here are doing something across that street, that ain't none of my business. I'm not trying to rule what they do over there in their house when I can't even rule my own. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Just thought I'd put it out there, all you 
President haters. But watch this. When God is teaching. Look at Luke 9. Verse 32. Watch us now. Verse 32 says. Are we there? But Peter. Uh oh. And they that were with him. James and John. What were they doing? Oh Lord. Hold up now. And when they. Away. They saw his glory. And the two men that stood with him. But guess what? They didn't hear the doggone conversation. Jesus Christ. Because they were sleeping. See, 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 we're in conversation now. And if, if you're sleeping and you don't hear what <laughs> if you're sleeping and you don't hear what God is saying in the conversation, in the heavenly conversation. Because you're looking at me like a man. But right now, I'm not in the position of a man. I'm in the position of an anointed of God. And you would do well to hear. You would be. You would be. If you can see through me to see what's in me, then you would listen. They couldn't see Jesus. They were used to seeing him in the flesh. They had never seen him in his altered state. You understand what I'm saying? So the first thing they do, here Jesus is, he's in conversation with the Heavenly Father. He's in there. They're over there sleeping. And then afterwards they awake, all they see is the after effect. So you look to your left and you look to your right and you say, wow, they being prospered, but I wasn't. That's because you were sleeping. They were listening to the conversation. They come to church and, 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 and they get the teachings and they handle themselves with the teachings. But you sleeping, you don't hear nothing. And guess what? You don't get nothing. And then when you wake up, church over, done deal. What the preacher talking about? It was good. But I don't know. But it was good. What am I about? Lord Jesus. So, so here we go. In verses 33. Because we just walked. And it came to pass. As they departed from him. Peter said unto Jesus. Now here you go. Now he been asleep. Oh big mouth Peter. He been asleep, him and his buddies. He don't know nothing. You ever find somebody they know everything about the scripture but don't know nothing? Have you ever ran into anybody? <laughs> uh, what well, that is, Peter. First thing Peter wanted to do. Look at 33. I'm just showing you the word. And it came to pass as they departed from him. Peter said unto Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. You wasn't there. You were asleep. And let us make these three tap day in. Want to build something for man to see. Put his name on. There he is. Like, like, like Shula, who just died. He was doing good. Started, started out. Started out magnificent. Started out preaching on top of cars in one of them old timey 
theater. Y'all remember my outdoor theaters, those older people? Drive-in theater, they call it. You know where we used to make babies. Yeah, we did. Yeah, you too. Yeah, we did. I'm glad, huh? Y'all know. Act like y'all don't know. We real up in here. Y'all know them things. But anyway, he turned one of them things into a, 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 a church. Thank God for that. But then he got crazy. He built this probably about a $250,000 all-glass cathedral that reached all the way up to heaven. And boy, he had it going on. He died the other day. His daughter's name is causing him a lot of problems. The church went from mega church down. I guess they probably got 100 people in it now. Just, I'm talking about this great, big, magnificent thing. 250 million at least. All glass. The most expensive stuff. See, God don't care nothing about that. He said, he told you, look, I don't care nothing about that. You see? And now they're in bankrupt. They filed bankrupt. And when they showed the camera on the people, people ain't much more than what's in here. But this place is over blocks long, big. You know, it's magnificent. Mm -hmm. The Our Power program, they call it. See? That's a long way to go down. Verse 33 said that one of thee for Moses, this last sentence in it, and one for Elijah, but he didn't know what he was saying, see? And Jesus said, while he thus spoke, there came a cloud. Watch this. The cloud represents the word. Now watch what happened. While he thus spake, there came, somebody say a word. See, sometimes we run our mouth God will step in with a word. Right in the midst of your insanity, God will step in to your madness and he'll show you something that'll cause you to back up. He said, while he thus speak, Peter, running mouth, there came a cloud, a word, and overshadowed who? The, oh, it got them this time. Uh-oh. Got them this time. And they what? Feared as they did what? Entered. You see, the fear of God comes upon us once we begin to enter into that word, the way it's supposed to be entered into. It'll bring a reverence over your life. You see, it'll make you clearer. It'll make you back up off that crazy stuff, you know, and start to letting you examine yourself and start letting you look at yourself and you say, hey, you know, it, it's time for me to pull a few more weeds up out of my life if I'm going to ever get closer to God. Because I can't keep I can't keep doing the same thing. I can't keep learning the same thing. Somewhere along the line, I got to fight and do better. Somewhere along the line, I got to demand more from my leaders. Somewhere along the line, I got to do better. Because otherwise, I'm going to always be in a place where I don't need to be with myself and with the people that are following me as I follow Christ. So he says here in verse 35, 
And there came, are you there? And there came a voice mm, out of the what? Somebody say out of the word. Ha! Ah, saying, this is my beloved son. We know that the word son, that means builder of the family name of God in the earth. This is my beloved what? Son. What did he say? Say it again. He didn't say here Moses. <laughs> he didn't say here Elijah. Did he? He said, this is my beloved son. Now you need to hear him. See, because things have changed. You see, now, we've got too many people still trying to teach the law. They still wasted their time trying to teach law. God did not tell us to listen to the law. God told us to listen to his son who represents grace. He didn't say listen to Moses, the lawgiver. No, that ain't what he said. He didn't say listen to Elijah who was under the law. No, he didn't say that. He said, no, you need to listen to him. Well, why would he say that? i tell you why. Because first of all, Jesus hadn't died yet. So the law was still in effect. See, the, the gospel, the law don't come into effect until the book of Acts. I mean, the, the grace. When Jesus was on the face of the earth, he was still under the law. Because he hadn't died yet. He was preaching a revolution. That's why they killed him. Because... They, they couldn't understand. All they know is law. Peter, James, and John were under the law. So what did he say when the, when the cloud overshadowed them and they heard a voice come out of the word, out of the cloud? They say, this is my son, hear him. Don't listen to the law no more. Don't listen to Moses. Don't listen to Elijah. Listen to Jesus. That's what the word says. That's what the word of God says. But we got preachers out here right now still trying to mix law and grace. How you going to do that? It's impossible for you to do that. You're leading people wrong because the law was never meant to save nobody. The law was meant to show you that you couldn't be saved by it. It was weak, the Bible says, and it was unprofitable, and it did not do anything for us, but caused us to understand that what? What a wretched sinner I am. So you can do your best to do the Ten Commandments and you will fail miserably. We still run around here hollering about the Ten Commandments. Nobody can fulfill the Ten Commandments but Jesus Christ. And the only way that we will ever be able to satisfy God is that God sees the blood of Jesus Christ self, uh, uh, covering our sinful selves. You can try to live the Ten Commandments all you want to and you won't make it three minutes and you be done broke one of them. And the Bible says if you break one, you're guilty of breaking them all. Ain't that what the word say? So why are you going to make it hard on you when Jesus said now, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Huh? See, we running around here putting this burden on us 
when we all we got to do is just walk with Jesus. Jesus said, this thing is easy when you really want to walk with me. You know, when you got to learn how to just deny yourself. But this thing called the law, you can't handle that. It never was meant for you to handle. You can't handle it. So why are you going to get up here and tell other people to handle something you can't handle? It's false doctrine. It's false. The Bible said grace voided out the law because it fulfilled it. We went into another thing. I'm telling you what the word says. I ain't talking about what theology says or what your, your backwood thinking is. It's a hick town here, Spartanburg. This hick town, hick preachers. This hick town. Preaching something about a law. And Jesus Christ done died for us. And now we're trying to bring it back. We're trying to, we trying to holler about, you know, well, well, you know, the Sabbath on Saturday. So what? God say, don't let no man condemn you because of what day or what Sabbath day or what. In other words, Man was made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath wasn't made for man. Or the Sabbath was made for man. Not man for the Sabbath. All it is is resting. Resting in the Lord. I was saying, here we are, we trying to keep all these Good Friday, Ash, Lent, all this. He said, like, look, leave that stuff alone. That's what the book say. Now I'm telling you what God's words say. Get into the word and you'll understand what God's words say. And you won't be caught up in all this foolishness and call it church. It's foolishness. The only thing this thing is meant to do is for us to come here and hear the word of God and get on through. Not to beat people out their money. Not to have anniversaries where they bring in the preacher uh, box loads of money. Huh? Y'all have been Am I preaching good up in here? I'm preaching better than they saying amen. I bet you that. Say this my beloved son. This is what I need for you to hear. I don't need for you to hear all these fools running around here talking about the law. They don't believe. See, some of them got to be made a believer. Some of them got to be, I, I see it in their eye. <laughs> I see it in their eye. All right. Verse 5. Hebrew. I'll take a little more time. Cause I don't preach this 50 times. Some of them still ain't got it because they still hard-headed. They just want it that way. See, the Spirit let me know right quick. They, they're struggling with the truth. You see, why would you struggle with something that's going to condemn you and put you in hell when Jesus got something better for you over here? What in the... <laughs> I don't understand that. Why you going to struggle and want to go back over there to that? The law put you in hell, don't you? Huh? Real quick. Watch this word, Hebrew, the seventh chapter. Over there. Verse 5. Watch this. Verse 11. If. Y'all see that? If therefore perfection 
whereby the which priesthood? That's the law, right? That's the Old Testament law, right? Everybody agree with that? If therefore perfection were by that, for on it the people received the what? Do you see it thou? What further need was there for another priest who should rise after the order of Melchizedek and not called after the order of Aaron then? In other words, why would there be another if the law was perfect? For the priesthood, verse 12, for the priesthood being changed to Jesus Christ through the tribe of Judah, that's how we became Israelites, through the tribe of praise. That's, why we, that's how we became Israelites, through the, through the tribe of Jesus, Judah, Now you are a bunch of Israelite as anybody else. Amen? Through the tribe of praise. You think I'm going to give my heritage away to somebody else when Jesus done brought me in too? Oh no, 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 no. Watch the word. Verse 12. For the priesthood being changed, there is made a necessity also to do what? Change what? Say it. So the law been changed too. Verse 14. For it is evident that our Lord sprang out of what? Judah. Praise. Of which tribe Moses spake nothing concerning the priesthood. Watch verse 18. For there is verily a disannulling, that means a doing away, of the commandment, that's the law, going before the weakness and unprofitableness thereof. It was weak and unprofitable. Now why you want to go to something that's weak and unprofitable? Huh? Did, didn't the word say, say that it's changed? Who report you going to believe? The Bible. The Bible. For the law, watch verse 19. For the law made nothing perfect, but bringing in of a better hope did, by which we draw nigh unto God. See, that's the only way we can draw nigh to God is through Jesus Christ, not through the law. The law keeps you from being close to God because you can't do it. The only way you can draw close to God is through grace. I had to go there, straighten out some things. Now, Give me about five minutes, and I'm going to give you the in-depth. I want you to really put on your spiritual hats here, because I'm fitting to show you something that God showed me in the womb of eternity. I had to set the stage into the womb of eternity. Church, we don't have to wait for eternity. We've always been in eternity. Rule number one. Rule number two, there are certain levels of your life in eternity. Rule number two. There are certain, we've always existed. The Bible declares it. We were known before we were ever created. We were always in the first womb, which is the womb of the bosom of God. We were always there. Do you agree with that? Then God spoke. And when God spoke and said, let us make man and let us make him in our image and our likeness. What did he do? He put us in. Out of his womb into another womb called the woman. Right? On every level of life, hear me good. 
on every level of life, you're in a womb. I'm going to prove it to you. From the womb of a woman, where the child lived on that plane. And, 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 and I saw a thing on Facebook where the little baby was clapping. They were singing to the little baby in the belly, little baby was clapping. And we're the biggest terrorists on the face of the earth. We kill over 45 million unborn babies. We don't have the right to talk about nobody. We kill over 45 million babies that's in the womb clapping their hands. God, that's awful. And we talk about terrorism. What greater terrorist can good God? Good God, man. And we talk about terrorism. There's no terrorist like America. If we just would look at ourselves. But every time our president try to get us to look at ourselves, we get mad. He's trying to demean us. No, he's trying to get us to look at ourselves. Because we're looking at everybody else, but we're not looking at ourselves. Would you not agree that killing an unborn baby is a terrorist move? Would you not agree to that? Is there anybody in here sick? At least alone 45 million. But anyway, the womb. Inside on the plane of life that the baby is in, God makes the baby be placed in the woman's womb, right? From the bosom of him to the bosom of her. Still in it, right? In the bosom of the womb. All right. Then we come nine months later, and from that womb, he enters into this life, he or she, and they're in a womb called this tabernacle. This is a womb, too, because the real you is inside of you. You're still in a womb to operate on this plane of life. Are y'all following this? Everybody, everybody following this? Anybody got a problem with this? Because I'll take my time and get you to understand it. See, this is a womb. What you see here is not the real me. The real me is in a womb in here, and it's growing. See, every time you're in a womb, you're growing. You're there to grow to another stage. You see, out of God's bosom, into the woman's bosom, nine months, growth, out. Into this bosom, growth. Y'all been taught about the man-child. When we got saved, the man-child goes up top. That's our womb for the next phase. It's still connected to us. I don't have time to go through all of that. But there's a spiritual, unbiblical cord when we are what's known as born again. There's a thing called a man-child. It's known as that white remnant that y'all saw Jesus covered with. And Revelation talks about the white raiment. That's a womb. We birthed that womb at our time of salvation. It goes up and we feed it through the word of God. That's why it's so important. Because as we grow... It has to grow so it can fit us. You understand? See, see you can't, you, can, you, you don't need a, 
I don't mean this disrespectfully, but you can't put a, a, a baby in a little girl's womb. You don't need to do that. You need to wake it grow too before it can. You understand what I'm saying? Well, that's why the man child got to grow. So when the man child grow and you grow, when God get ready to release you out of this womb into the next place in life, which is a higher place in eternity, you have to step into the womb of the man child. Still you, but you still got to have the proper womb to be in in order to operate on the plane of life that you're on. Do y'all understand what I'm saying? So you're going from glory to glory, from faith to faith, from one level of eternity in life to another level of eternity in life. And as we do it, more and more and more, we become more and more like God because we are his children. We are his offspring, right? Are y'all understanding what's going on here? So, after that, it don't stop there. That, see, I'm finna get them. This is the Bible. It's called Basic Instructions Before Leaving Earth. Bible. No, that's what it is. B-I-B-L-E. Basic Instructions Before Leaving Earth. This is your manual now. You got another book. Once you enter into the man-child, when you leave here, you're gonna, you, you'll be given another book called the intermediary book. See, this is the basic. You got the intermediary one. And then when we get through that, there's another room waiting on us, church, after that. Well, we'll get the advanced book. Oh, y'all don't hear me. See, 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 we got to get out of this old church foolishness and get into the real deal and understand. See, this here ought to make you proud to be of God, a child of God. This here ought to make you happy. This here ought to make you joyous. This here ought to make you want to know more about God. This here ought to make you feel better about God. This here ought to make you want to get up in the mornings on Sunday morning and come to church. This here ought to get, make you want to get up in the morning and study the Word of God because you see, this here ought to make you happy to know that when God breathed the breath of life in man, that he took him on an eternal journey with him. Took him on a journey because he made him a living soul. This soul can't die. It's got to be somewhere. Now you can be either in the womb of God or you can be in the womb of hell. But I'm telling you straight up. You're going to be in the womb somewhere. You either be in the womb of God or the womb of hell. And that's just the way it is. So on this Passover season, on this one, I'm going to leave with you into the womb of eternity. Don't think that all you're going to do is walk down streets of gold. No. You got another book coming. It's just, this is Life 101. The next one is, this, is, this one here is Eternal Life 101. This way you get saved through this one. Hmm. The next one is Eternal Life 202. Intermediate. Where we learn more. Because there's another dimension 
called the spirit realm. Well, we got to get used to it. See, we used to this one. Now we got to graduate to the spirit realm. And after we graduate to the spirit realm, then we'll graduate to the God realm. That's advanced teachings. You have to, that one is to be continued. You ain't ready for that yet. You'll run up out of here. You'll, be, you'll go back to the Baptist. Tell your neighbor. Come on up, baby, and pray us out of here. Give God some praise. God is awesome. God is awesome. You know, um, we think about when we think about uh, um, the uh, the word, and there's uh, so much more. Because when we, when we uh, I think he said some other uh, the journey of eternity. Uh, eternity is a journey, and for me, I, I, I in, in my spirit, I begin to travel. I don't know about y'all, but I like to lose myself when I hear the word. Because I want to go where the word is and what, what the word is saying. And, and to know that this is not the end. See, that's the thing. We, we 